0: Welcome to Need to Know Nutrition, the podcast that shares delicious bite-sized facts to help support your health journey. Today, I'm joined with yet another very special guest. Please welcome to the show, Monica Anna, clinical nutritionist and personal trainer from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Monica has been working in the health and fitness industry for many years, and today she shares with us her personal journey from professional dancer, to disordered eating, to bodybuilding, and then onto personal training and nutrition. She also shares with us her expert nutritional knowledge when it comes to gut health, self care, and stress management, as well as her food and exercise philosophy. I know, what an episode! Monica is an absolute wealth of knowledge and I know you'll enjoy your time with this passionate soul. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here with us today Mon. Now before we get started I just want to let everyone know that this lady is a scheduling queen and a multitasking machine. Right now, Mon is doing this interview from her car in between a morning of clients and a last minute house inspection. So when I say thank you, I really mean it, Mon. (laughs) Thank
1: you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for finding some time for me in your schedule as well.
0: Now it's time to give our listeners a little intro into the wonderful Monica Anna. So let's hit it off with a hot five. So this is five questions that expose your deepest and darkest secrets. Well, perhaps not that deep or dark, but definitely our lovely listeners will get a little sneaky insight into who you are. So you ready, Mon? Let's do it. Okay. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: So a nutritionist answer. Probably eggs and avocado. We'll call that a meal. Am I allowed to give you two answers? Of course. (laughs) And the other would have to be chocolate, of
0: course. Brilliant. If you could eliminate one food so no one could ever eat it again, what would it be and why?
1: It would have to be anything with MSG and food food additives in it. And I think it goes without saying why we'd have to remove it. It has absolutely no value to the human body, to anything within our nutrition. So that's probably one thing I would want everybody to eliminate. But I suppose like one of the biggest things I try and teach my clients is that there's no such thing as good foods and bad foods. It's just food.
0: What is your biggest pet peeve?
1: That people can't believe in themselves.
0: As a child, what did you want to be when you grow up?
1: I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be a Moulin Rouge dancer in the middle, on the stage in Paris.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In fact, this kind of, that definitely leads into this next question. So what dance move are you secretly good at?
1: Believe it or not, although I was a trained professional dancer, my dance moves are incredibly bad. Um, But I don't know. I really don't have a good move.
0: Oh, I was hoping you'd say the sprinkler or something.
1: Oh, no, I mean, I like to whip out like a high kick every now and then.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that we'll have to see. Such, I love it. I, I just love a hot five. It's such a great insight into this, like it, the incredible things that are to come in this interview, Monica. So let's really go for the serious stuff now. So can you tell us about your journey to nutrition?
1: Of course. So I suppose my my journey to nutrition really started when I was quite young. So my background is that I used to be a dancer, as I kind of mentioned before. And when I graduated from high school, I went into a full-time dance degree and absolutely loved it because as I said before, obviously, my dream was to be a Moulin Rouge dancer. Uh, But unfortunately, during that whole process for me, I did start to develop some eating disorders and got quite unwell. But it was really hidden quite well, because it was actually supported and praised by my directors and everyone that I was getting, you know, slim, I guess, like our, the approach that a lot of us took was, this is your outfit, this is your costume, if you don't fit in it, you don't perform. So That's kind of where I guess the hiccup started for me. My sister's actually a naturopath, so it does run in within the family. So there's always been some kind of natural medicine and alternative approach. And as much as she tried to support me and tried to help me, it it was kind of like a lesson and a journey that I had to go on my own. Um, And I'm sure for yourself or maybe a lot of other people that kind of go into this industry, they've got a really good story behind them as to why, you know, a personal story. So... So, yeah. So for me, it was once I then graduated dancing, I really started seeing my body fall apart very quickly uh, because I simply didn't have the foundations and nutritional foundations to support myself. So unfortunately with that, I started seeing kind of the knock-on effects of malnutrition. I found out that I had um, pre-arthritic hips. So I had a lot of damage going on in my hips. So that kind of, really told me that my dancing career was over at that point. And whilst that was really heartbreaking for me, it was really difficult for me to kind of make that, uh, you know, to accept that that's what was going on. I still wanted to stay fit and active. And so it actually moved me very easily into the health and fitness industry. So I kind of segued from the dance floor and I moved over into the fitness floor and started doing bodybuilding competitions. So really fell in love with that. But unfortunately, that as well kind of exacerbated and kind of reignited uh, that disordered eating and that disordered pattern with me. Uh, Unfortunately, again, was looking really healthy. was kind of being praised for the way that I looked, but on the inside, I was not healthy. I was not happy whatsoever. My hips definitely started improving. The strength training, all of that was fantastic for my glutes and actually being able to give my body Strength that it needed, but my body started shutting down internally. Uh, So things like my hair actually started falling out, which was really a huge concern. But then I did start getting to a point where I was no longer able to build any more muscle. I was actually starting to break the muscle down far too quickly. I had a heap of inflammation in the system. And at this point, as well, like the woman who was coaching me she just had a lot of unorthodox ways of being able to coach me and her nutrition and her philosophies. And that's why I kind of started going, "Mm, this doesn't make sense. This really doesn't make sense. I don't feel good, but I look good, but I don't feel good. So at that point I went, you know what, I'm going to go study nutrition and really learn it for myself. And this whole time, my sister was kind of standing on the sidelines going, okay, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And then the penny dropped. And the day I started my nutrition degree is the day that I knew I made the best decision in my life. So I guess that was a very long winded story, but yeah, I used to be a dancer, moved into fitness, moving into nutrition. So I guess it was that body dysmorphia and eating disorders that have kind of taken me to where I am today. And I absolutely love it.
0: Wow. What a great journey. Mon, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now I understand that you have a particular passion for gut health. So why have you honed in on this area in particular?
1: It started very much that a lot of my clients that I was seeing was a very common trend and a common conversation that I was having was they're constantly bloated. They're constantly bloated and reacting to foods that they just cannot find a correlation to. And I was like, right, we really need to investigate this. And my strong belief is that the gut is is our first brain, really. It governs so much about what we do, what we think, how we feel, and then how our body obviously functions. So that is regardless of what somebody comes to me for, whether it's for weight loss, whether it's for reproductive health, whether it is for gut support, I always go straight in on that. There's so much research that's now coming out to really show how our gut microbiome is infiltrated within our entire system, how the function of our gut affects our entire system. So I, I definitely, when we look at the gut, I definitely am able to kind of tick off a lot of things going through it with my clients.
0: What are the top three things people could be doing every day that affect their gut health?
1: Well, the first thing is make sure you poop every day. (laughs) It's I love, I love having that conversation with everyone. And my clients need to know like a healthy poo is good for you every single day. And even then that's like one, one is a minimum. Uh, Unfortunately, that's actually something that a lot of people come to me for as well is chronic constipation. So, making sure that you are going to the bathroom every single day is number one. Number two is making sure you're drinking enough water. And it's so simple. Like people always think that I'm going to give them these really big convoluted treatment plans with lots of supplements and everything. But usually it's some of the first the most basic things that we can start off with so drinking water making sure you're drinking at least one and a half to two liters again as an absolute minimum i work with a lot of athletes and people that are training uh quite a lot so that alone that two liters is an absolute minimum so for every half an hour to an hour of exercise i usually say for people is a tack on an extra liter of water there and then the third thing i would say that people could do every single day to support their gut health is actually practice gratitude. So, practicing gratitude and really seeing and allowing to understand how that sinks within your gut and sits within your gut. There's so much, again, there's so much research coming out to show that the gut and the brain and our mood is very much connected as one. So, whether it's paying gratitude for the food on your plate, maybe the people around you or just practicing some forgi- forgiveness within that as well can you talk us
0: through bloating i want to know and again because it does come up a lot and like you said a lot of your clients come to you with bloating so what is it why do we get it and why does where you bloat actually matter
1: yes so where you bloat is something that i talk to a everybody. And I've probably, you've probably seen me share it on my social medias, my Instagram. I've got a few posts about that because it really does tell us as practitioners what's potentially going on internally. So I guess for a lot of people, what's bloating, it's that, you know, that immediate distension and that swelling within the tummy. And we can feel it. If you're wearing a nice tight pair of jeans, all you can think about is I don't want to sit down. I need to undo this top button. I want to take my pants off. And that itself is not normal. Of course, one part with my clients is actually educating the difference between bloating and actually just feeling a sensation of heaviness after eating. But we want to make sure that we're not having that distension where it's really tight, really painful. For some people, they describe it um, as if they're feeling six to nine months pregnant. And you can see it. You can really see it on people how painful it can be. Why do we get it? that's that that's such a big question because there's a few things so when i'm talking to people it's i need to kind of go okay a little bit of investigative work here is one is it an environmental thing so is something going on within your gut environment what we talk about is beneficial bacteria and then the not so beneficial bacteria. So is there a good balance of the both? Is there any kind of breakdown within the actual gastrointestinal lining? What's going on with the enzymatic processes? So is your body actually producing enough uh, of these secretions to be able to break down your food? So that's one thing that we want to look at. Second is, is it a functional thing? So is your, is your gut, is your system not able to physically break down and use, um, use the structures with you within your body internally? And is that what's causing the bloat? Or, you know, finally we're thinking, is it an emotional thing? You know, is it a stress thing that's actually triggering this bloating? So there's quite a few things that I have to kind of explore with clients of like, what is it specifically for that person and why is it happening? But that whole, Question of where you bloat is really important. So I kind of draw like a bit of a, a picture with my hands when I'm talking to clients. So if you're listening now and you draw a line kind of down the middle of your breastbone and you can kind of see just below your, uh, where your abs are essentially. So just above the belly button and you've got your rib cage. If you were to get your right hand and the heel of your hand there and kind of just gently wrap it under your left breast, that's kind of where our stomach sits. So firstly, a bit of anatomy there is that's where your stomach is. A lot of people kind of think that it's a little bit lower down. So If you're experiencing any kind of stabbing, bloating, cramping in this particular area, this kind of gives us a pretty good indicator of what's going on. It may be a digestive enzyme issue that we need to work with. It might be an acid thing. So it could be that you're not simply chewing your food adequately. So that's one thing. Then we kind of track down a little bit lower where I say to clients, I'm like, okay, so you've got your belly button and then everything surrounding around there. Do you experience any stabbing, bloating, cramping sensations or pain? Usually for most people, yes. They're like, yep, this is where I'm feeling it. So if we actually look anatomically, this is your small intestines. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on in here. A little bit of a quick tip or a quick fact is our digestive system is almost seven meters long. So there's a lot of stuff going on internally there. And then when we look down a little bit further, the last place I usually want to find out is if you are bloating is if you kind of look at your pubic bone and around the hip bones, if there's any swelling, pain, sensations, cramping in this area, this tells me that there might be something going on lower down, more towards the large intestine and in the colon. So for a lot of people in this area, we may see things like SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or even uh, FIBO, which is a fungal overgrowth as well. So, this is where we kind of, when we're able to work out where you bloat, it's going to tell me what we can actually do. What kind of treatment? Maybe we need to do a little bit more investigation to work out what's actually going.
0: That is so informative, Mon. And it's so it's so informative. And I think it also sheds some light on, you know, when you sort of in a group of people and they say, oh, what do you do for work? You say, oh, I'm a nutritionist. And they say, oh, well, I get bloating. Can you tell me what's going on? And then you just, you just walk through all of that and you sort of go, how much time do you have? Can you give me your actual medical history? Like, no, we can't just tell you what's going on right now.
1: Exactly. There's so much. And that's the thing. It's like it's a chain of events. So you kind of like you'll find one thing and then you go, oh, what's this? oh what's this what's this and it really opens up so much and then a lot of the question work that I do with clients is I go great so this actually started when you were five years old people are like but I'm 30 like what really I'm like yep
0: now I want to talk a little bit about the things you can unlearn. Now you had this incredible post and can I just say you have many incredible posts on social media. This one in particular was about learning to unlearn. Now I loved this and I found it very interesting. Can you walk us through some of the things we can unlearn and why we should in fact unlearn these things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So definitely. Within my journey, within personal training and then within nutritional consulting, I have heard absolutely every story and every bit of, I guess, like all the rules that we've all told ourselves. And I suppose one of the hardest parts of anybody's health journey is actually unlearning all of these rules that we've been told. Because at the end of the day, I don't know if you're going to beat me out or not, but most of the things we tell ourselves are bullshit.
0: I will not beep that out. Don't worry. It's true.
1: (laughs) It's true. And a lot of the things that, you know, when I say it's like the things that we can unlearn is tracking your calories. We don't need to be tracking our calories. Is comparing our body to the next person. We don't need to do that anymore. Weighing yourself regularly, knowing that the number on the scales does not define you. We can unlearn the rule of having to measure your food having to work out every single day or else you know life's going to fall apart hating your stomach hating your body why why has that become this rule that or why is it that this it's a story that we've just told ourselves so there's so many things that we have developed and this things this comes from probably quite a young age where we've just developed these these rules and these notions within our mind that we seem so tied and so bound to as adults it's a little chain and shackles what I'm really trying to do with with my clients and even the people that I suppose follow me on social media is like ditch the rules and start making your own because what you have you know what your body does every single day is bloody amazing Another thing as well is, I suppose, just because there was a rule that may have worked really well for you back in the day, so say, for example, for me, when I was doing my bodybuilding and my coaching then, I had to weigh all my food. I had to track all of my calories. I had to jump on the scales every single day, and I had to measure my physique and my body because that was part of the sport. That was what I was doing, but that was for a specific time. And it worked for me at that moment, maybe not so much with my mental health, but it doesn't work for me right now. So it's people need to learn that they can unlearn these things. For a lot of people, I know it's also really a bit scary. They may go, oh, but this is, this is my identity. This is what I know. These are my routines. Uh, but sometimes when you let, let go of all of that, my gosh, the world really opens up for you.
0: So well said. Now, I also want to touch on SUPs with you, and I know this is an area that I always get asked about, so I'd really love for you to shed some light on why when it comes to supplement, supplementation, you can buy off the shelf, right? So, so we wanted, we're doing that comparison between the supplements that you can walk into a chemist or even to the supermarket and buy off the shelf versus the practitioner-only supplements that a qualified practitioner can recommend for you.
1: Yes. This is a big part of educating every single person One statement that I say to everyone, if it's cheap, it's cheap for a reason. I don't know if you've kind of thought of that with your clients before.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And I could not agree more.
1: Hmm. And why it's really important for people to understand that is obviously, you know, we haven't done just a six week online course for fun. We've gone and done a science-based degree understanding how the body works how the body functions and we need to understand that whether it's a food item or a supplement what we put into our system is going to change our chemistry it's going to change our enzymatic processes absolutely everything so when we're looking at supplements because they are such an isolated nutrient and it's going to be quite specifically high and a higher dose, it can have such a effect on the human body. If you don't know what you're doing with it, then it may not give you the results that you want. So this is why you always should speak to a trained professional before you make any kind of changes to your supplement regime. Uh, Just like medications, you know, not anyone can prescribe medications. You need to understand what they do within the system. So, That's the one component. But then the other component is there's so many supplements out there that are just a waste of money. I will tell you that much. They're just a waste of money. They taste horrible. They are super colourful. They may have, like, this really beautiful model on the front with chiselled abs saying that you're, you know, going to lose all this weight and all this stuff's going to happen, but it's not really going to do that, unfortunately.
0: Oh, so well said, Mon. Well done. I agree. And it's completely about education. And mostly, and, I, and I'm with you, I generally will ask clients like who prescribe these supplements and, and and mostly they are self-prescribed. But I think it yeah. is really important for everyone to understand that there can be some really dangerous side effects to self-prescribing nutrients So and vitamins. So uh, very well said. Nice one, Mon. Now, I really want to know what are your top two nutritional tips when it comes to general health?
1: Go to bed and
0: sleep.
1: (laughs) Yes. Go to bed and sleep and get a lot of sleep and enjoy sleep and be a nanner about your sleep and be precious about your sleep. I don't know if I could say that anymore. I know it might not be specifically nutrition, but. I say to all my clients, you may have the best diet. You may have the best supplement stack. You may have the best exercise routine, but if you are not going to bed and you are not recovering and not letting your body, your mind, your brain, everything relax, then you're doing your body a disservice. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, I don't know, I guess it's not necessarily nutritional, but be around people that you love. I think that's, So important, be around people that you love, that you are motivated by, that you are supported by, because that in in itself is going to guide you to want to eat better, look after yourself, look after your mind, look after your soul.
0: Mon, nutrition and lifestyle tips go hand in hand, and I feel like you've just absolutely nailed it. Thank you for such a factual, fun, and very informative interview. I have no doubt that our listeners will be making a few changes to improve their gut health and their general health as we speak. Now, if you want to follow Mon on social media, she's on Instagram at Monica Anna Nutritionist and on Facebook, Monica Anna Clinical Nutritionist. But I'll be sure to post all of the links in the tab of this podcast episode and also on my social media at Need to Know Nutrition PC. Thanks again, Mon. This has been awesome. My pleasure, Belle. Thanks for joining me today and learning all the things you need to know about nutrition and your body. If you want to learn more about today's topic or have a question you'd like answered, please jump onto my website, thetravellingnutritionistaustralia.com and find the podcast tab. All the references are also available should you wish to dive a little deeper. Remember, it's not the things that you eat and do occasionally that matter. It's the things that you eat and do every day that really count. Until next time, always choose the good stuff because you and your health are worth it.